welcome to At the Table, a play reading series, brought to you by Charging Moose Media. This week, we're sitting down with the playwright of Prometheus Shrugs and Indelible, John Bavoso. Be sure to listen to these fantastic plays and our interview with the cast on previous episodes. Enjoy! Welcome back to At the Table. We are so excited to uh, be interviewing our playwright today because we just got finished recording two short plays by John Bavoso, who's here with us today. Hello, John. Hello, John. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. We just finished recording Indelible and Prometheus Shrugs uh, with Vishal Vaidya, with uh, Liz Wasser, and with Nick Lehan. Does he go by Nick Lehan? We'll have to ask. I don't know. We'll fix it later. Nicholas Lehan. Nicholas Nick Lehan. He goes by both. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and it also is like Vishal, who I've never called anything other than Vish, but uh, all three of them do yeah. beautiful, beautiful work on truly these lovely plays, John. <laughs> oh, thank you. We read the, we read all the submissions come in and Rachel and I split readings and then we discuss and and she was she came on and she was like, I want to do Prometheus Shrugs. And I was like, oh my God, me too. I have a problem. And she's like, what? And I was like, <laughs> There's another piece by the same guy that I love. And she was like, stop it. And so then we started debating which one we were going to do. And then we were like, if we're debating this, they're 10 minute pieces. Let's just do both. I I love that solution. Yeah, you like the solution where we do more of your work. And I respect that. I think that's that's yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) <laughs> this is uh, the kind of fighting that I like to hear. Uh. <laughs> yeah. How dare you for the quality of all of your work and not just some of your work being so, so delightful. John, I have your website up and I just want to read a quick thing and then I, I want you to introduce yourself to the crowd. But okay. I just want everyone to know uh, publicly, John uh, presents himself in a way that I find truly wonderful, which is uh, <laughs> at john-bavoso.com. John Bavoso, writer, marketer, aspiring wrangler of unicorns. Hi, John. <laughs> Hello. Is there yes. a training process for that or is the aspiration the, the central aspect of the hobby? You know, I feel like uh, that came first, but and I can but I feel like I can like back into it and try to make it like profound or related to theater or playwriting. Um, sure. But really, I just like unicorns. Um, sure. Like my desk at work. Looks like a Lisa Frank store exploded on it. Um, <laughs> you know, I have like coworkers who are like, I brought you these stickers. My three-year-old daughter has outgrown them, and I thought you would love them. And I was like, you are absolutely correct. You were like, like you this are. Is- <laughs> That's the wheelhouse. Yeah. yeah. Like, fully. Um, there's a thing a couple years ago where, like, you could look up, um, like, what what demographics Google thinks you are, like, based on, like, your searches and, like, your activity online. It, like, fully thinks I am, like, a 19-year-old straight girl. Um, and so, <laughs> which is, you know aspirational but yeah so <laughs> that's so. wonderfully fantastic um how are you we should start with we usually start with who are you but how are you maybe we should make that the thing <laughs> I'm, all I'm, the doing, time. I'm doing pretty well I was gonna say I can't complain but usually I say people who say that just aren't trying hard enough but um <laughs> uh yeah I mean I'm I'm very fortunate I have a you know a full-time job that's steady um I can stay home do it from home um the only thing is I'm you know I have a a studio apartment um, and I live alone. And so I'm kind of just like desperately longing for like another room to swan into occasionally, like for variety. Yeah. <laughs> so sure. it's basically like 
right now my whole world is like my bed, my desk, and my chair, and I can like touch all three of them at the same time. They're so close to each other. So, um, but yeah, but otherwise, you know, very fortunate in terms of, of where I'm at. So, and you're you're in D.C. Yeah. Yep. I'm in D.C. Um, actually grew up in New York, uh, New York State. Oh, um, where yeah. in New York State? Uh, uh, it's a town called Port Jervis. Um, it's right where New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania meet. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So there's like a Port Jervis line at like uh, a New Jersey transit that ends in like Port Jervis. So it's like 90 minutes north and west of the city. We could take the train in. And my parents are still there and my brother. So, but I've been in D.C. for about 13 years now. Where in D.C. are you? So I'm in Woodley Park, which is like by the zoo, by Adams Morgan. So it's a really great neighborhood. Yeah, I, I kind of came here from grad school 13 years ago um, and loved it and haven't left since. So Nice. And how's D.C. doing? I mean, I know that we're all kind of hiding inside, but, but how is D.C. doing? I think D.C. is doing OK. Certainly, you know, at least at this point, haven't been hit nearly as badly as, as New York and um, some other places. So, um, you know, obviously, I hope you guys are doing well. Um, but yeah, I we're, think making, mo- we're making a <laughs> podcast. Yeah, exactly. So, so our priorities you know, yeah, are fine. I think it's mostly surreal. I mean, um, you know, I think D.C. is a town where you do have quite a few people, you know, who either work for the federal government or, you know, white white collar kind of jobs where people can work from home. So, again, obviously a smaller theater community than New York, but, you know, going through a lot of the same things here, um, you know, have a lot of actor friends who rely on different gigs that have all sort of gone away. And so, you know, I think people are making the best of it. And it's a vibrant theater community. I mean, like it was really, when I was graduating undergrad and I was really looking where I wanted to go, it was New York, DC, LA. And I spent time in all of the above. And I I ended up deciding New York purely because it was a little bit closer to get home to Maine if I wanted to. But other than that, like I loved my time in DC. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's great. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually relatively, I'd say, within like the last five years, new to to theater, basically, period. Um, and so, oh. uh, yeah, like I am, um, I've, I've never actually formally studied theater in any way. I just sort of actually started um, reviewing theater first. And then after doing that for a few years, just woke up one day and decided I wanted to write a play and then self-produced it. And then Congrats. didn't hate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell, us, tell us about that. <laughs> Shout out to what's the play. <laughs> what was that first play? So uh, the play is called Elysia. Um, it has four characters, but it's essentially a two-hander between two women named Lizzie and Olivia. Um, and so Elysia, I hate titling things. So <laughs> I, I, once, <laughs> when I just went with that. But yeah. And so I'd, I'd basically been freelance reviewing plays for... Um, the Capital Fringe Festival for a website here in D.C. There are a couple websites here in D.C. that review every single Fringe Festival play. So they like take on, you know, freelancers each year. And um, I did that a couple years. And, uh, you know, and the Capital Fringe Festival is basically, you know, first come, first serve, non-juried. I, yeah, I just sort of, I wrote this play. It's about, you know, because of the Fringe Festival rules, it was about like 70 minutes, um, no intermission, basically found some friend had no idea what I was doing, <laughs> which is, I think, the only reason I could do it. Found a friend who agreed to direct. He ended up actually also being an actor. So it was truly like the five of us, you know, and it was fringe. So it was like tech was like an hour the day we opened. Um, I'd never seen a lighting board or sound equipment before. And I just like 
created and I like ran quote unquote lights and sound myself. No idea what I was doing, but really enjoyed it. Um, and, you know, we got reviewed a couple of times and it wasn't terrible. Um, and so then I was just kind of like, all right, well, I want to keep doing this. You know, I already have a master's degree that I don't use and that I'm paying for for the next 30 years. So like, sure, can't go back to school for it. So, you know, I've just kind of been gleefully fumbling my way through theater since then. So what was your grad work in if it wasn't theater? So I went to uh, American University School of International Service. Um, I got an international affairs degree. Yeah, master's, which I loved earning, but sort of as I was finishing it, realized that that wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do. The thing I enjoyed was more the writing um, and the jobs that involved writing weren't necessarily in international affairs. So yeah. And so basically, you know, I was like, from that first experience, just sort of like, basically, essentially self-taught, reading a lot of plays on my own. I got, I joined a theater company here in D.C. called Pinky Swear Productions, uh, which Shut is a out. feminist theater company. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they took me on as, as an associate. They took on a class of associates, which is basically you're a part of the company for like a year. And then if you want to keep going and they want to keep going, you can become a full member. And so I was like, I need to learn. You know, I did like musicals in high school as an actor, but like. I was a guy, so basically I just showed up and got a part. Um, and so <laughs> yes. there's there was no real talent involved or craft. I have a um, whole career based on that reality. Yeah, exactly. Congratulations uh, so, to the two of you. <laughs> yeah, I love those like tweets or memes that went around that was like every girl in a high school musical has been through like four thousand hours of training at the most rigorous, and like all the guys are like the drama teacher told you after school that you had to be in it, so you were in the musical. So yeah. um I played lacrosse and my mom had a theater degree. (laughs) There you go. Um, So I was like, yes, I was like, well, I should probably like figure out how theater actually works. Um, And so joined up with this company and actually like the first, you know, I I do marketing for my day job. So um, I did did a lot of marketing for the company, but I also assistant stage managed for a couple of the shows. So I was in basically the room for like every rehearsal, saw the whole process, got really good at lacing and unlacing corsets really quickly (laughs) um uh yeah and then i've just been you know writing different lengths of plays and sending them all over the place and have been very lucky so fully fully bit by the theater bug and where did these two pieces come out of are they recent were they written for were they written uh, presumably not together i'm curious what the the genesis of this was (laughs) Yeah, I think they were both written uh, last year sometime, but separately. Indelible is the most recent one. I always joke that I, I write 10-minute plays to procrastinate writing full-length plays. Um, Prometheus Shrugs actually um, was inspired by a tweet that I'd seen. Um, someone had randomly tweeted, and there was like, you know, it's like, I hope Prometheus and the bird that eats his liver had like, you know, developed a strong rapport or something like that. And you know, I laughed and I retweeted it, and but it like stuck in my brain and just sort of rattled around in there. And, you know, I mean, I, I don't write autobiographically, but there are, you know, parts of me, I think, in each play. And so this play specifically was kind of written. So I have, in normal times, um, I have a, a one hour each way, like metro commute to work. Um, and so I, I believe actually this play was written either on my phone or in a notebook on the train, basically. And so, you know, just a lot of ideas about, you know, it basically kind of was like, what if it's Prometheus and the Eagle and they're basically like co-workers who are like sick, you know, sick of the routine kind of thing. Um, And that's, you know, 
yeah, and sort of that's where it came about. And it was it was just really fun because then I got to get to tap into my, you know, I was that elementary school kid who like carried around like the Doleary's book of Greek myths. I was that kid. Yeah. Um, and so, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, I got to tap into uh, that and really have a lot of fun with like playing with those references and things. I love that and this so- was written on the Metro. That is fantastic. That's delightful. Yeah. You also have to in D.C., to distract yourself from the fact that you're not allowed to have a coffee with you, which I think yeah, is. Or... <laughs> That's a crime against humanity. Yeah, no, no, no food, no drink. <laughs> I got a ticket for carrying a paper coffee cup on the Metro in DC. And I thought the cop was joking. So I tried to walk away and he was like, <gasps> you have to throw that out. Wow. And I was like, I don't think I've ever actually heard of anyone getting an actual ticket. For I was it. really wow, that's impressive. I was a real <laughs> part of the story that happened was I was actually leaving the metro at the stop in Southwest where I was living. And mm-hmm. I was so excited at the time. The reason I'd stopped is because I was doing a show at Arena and my face was on a poster. So I was taking oh, a picture no. of my own face, delaying <laughs> myself when a cop came up and was like, you have to you have to throw that out. And I thought he was joking. And so I tried to leave. And so I'm standing in front of my own face. Um, getting yelled at by a cop. Anyway, I'm so glad that you found a way to distract yourself by creating art uh, instead of being sad about the lack of caffeine, which I think is a is a crime. Yeah, yeah. And I, that's what I, you know, I do try to use that time. I, I always have a notebook with me. I've written whole like reviews of plays like in the notes section of my phone. Often I'm just sleeping um, or, you know, or listening to podcasts. Um, but uh, yeah, every once in a while, you know, it's like I have the time. I'm not going anywhere. I can't go anywhere. So um, good, good time to kind of write. And how about um, Indelible? That one came via the same indelible, mechanism or yeah indelible came after although um i probably had the idea for it first so my writing process is i tend to write fairly quickly once i start writing but it can take forever to get to the point where i like feel like i'm ready to write or like know what the structure is um same so especially for like full lengths usually the idea for a full length is rattling around in my brain for like could literally be years until it's like I just wake up one day and I'm like, oh, okay, this is like the ending and this is the structure. And so Indelible, I think, actually came from, so a thing I do when I have a full-length play produced, I get a tattoo for it. I only have about two, so we'll see how that, you know, how long. Can can you send us a a picture of that to put up on our website? Because that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So I have like one on each arm right now. So I have an Elysia one, uh, which is a typewriter. And then I have one for my latest full length play uh, that got produced here and in Florida. And I got got one for that too. So so it's like my air quotes body of work. Um, And so. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Um, my mother is horrified. She hates everything about it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And I originally, so the, the Elysia one is actually a, just a typewriter with Elysia under it because I thought I would just add titles underneath it. And then when Blight, which was my, is the other play got produced, I was like, no, I want like a full, uh, <laughs> tattoo of that. So I, I think I was like in the shop, like getting the tattoo and, you know, they have all the, the pictures of the different designs on the walls. And, you know, I just saw you know that you know, they have like the, the the heart with like the names in it and I was like and for whatever reason I saw it and just my brain went to like imagine like getting that with someone else's name on it but like not informing them <laughs> that that's going to happen and like 
what would that person feel like? And so then I wanted to, you know, and then I kind of came up with the scenario and yeah. And so, and that, and that one, especially, you know, you talk about sort of, you know, these being lighter, um, which is nice because in, especially in my full lengths, um, there's a reading of one of my re- recent full lengths in the AD after it was like, oh, you, you like to write fights. <laughs> and I was like, I do. And they're usually, you know, fairly no holds barred. And so I was like, you know, this is like a fight, but I wanted it to be not so heavy. You know, I wanted sure. to be like a lighter, more upbeat kind of fight, <laughs> you know, so not try, definitely try to keep it light and not, not get dark and twisty with it. So, you know, that's how that one kind of came about too. So very cool. The love between those two characters is one of my favorite parts of Indelible. Like one of my favorite things about shorts is that you can play with the sort of structure that would be allowable, that wouldn't be as allowable in a full length, right? So we get this sense of like, you can't have a 10 minute play that's 10 minutes of fight. And it's like, well, people do that all the time. Like people fight for 10 minutes. That's what they, (laughs) we, we can pull that off, especially in a relationship, right? And the idea that you can play with a 10 minute fight that still is kind of shot through with this deep mutual caring and love. And what was it right before we started taping the gentleman playing Marcus shouted like, ah, I just love you or something like that. At, no, he went, we're a couple. We're a couple. Right? <laughs> right, right, right. Um, at the gentleman playing Preston and Ned joked that if either of the characters accidentally said that too early in your play, like that would be the end of the play because that plays what, over. We're good. Yeah, here. Like, the central right. argument like, is not being b- able to both acknowledge of them, the thing. Yeah. At least one of them would have some sort of panic attack immediately. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Um, um, I also thought it was a really beautiful portrayal of a character with a panic disorder. Like I love, <laughs> loved, loved that. You, I felt very personally beautifully called out in the middle because um, I have obsessive compulsive disorder and taking pictures of the stove is one of my central compulsions. So I was very excited. Really? To see okay. Yeah, I, I was like, I feel seen. Um, I, f- <laughs> I love this like beautiful like moment of, of panic realism. Also, as an explanation of how he's dealing with the relationship. Really, really just. Yeah, that's funny. That's the line where I think people always are are like, wow. But then there's like a, actually, that's a good idea. Like, you know, there's like a this moment of, you know, and again, that's, you know, I certainly not to a full extent, but like, that's definitely a part of me is where I'm like, I'm definitely that person that like, leaves the house and I was like, oh, the apartment's probably going to be on fire by the time I get sure. back because I probably did something that was, you know. So yeah, that that was definitely a part of me in there. So I'm, I'm glad that resonated. Oh, 100%. So. Yeah, on behalf of my people, thank you. <laughs> uh, so what is next is a tough question I know right now because yeah. the answer is what is next for the, the universe. But is there stuff going on for you that you're very excited about uh, it, per- personally, professionally, or was there maybe stuff you were excited about that might kind of future happen? Yeah, sure. So I think um, right now I'm kind of, so I, um, I've i never had like more than one um full-length play, like, unproduced and in development. Um, I'm just, I'm not a very fast writer, um, and I have, you know, I have a very time-consuming day job, so I don't spend all day writing, so it takes me a while to get a draft out. And so um, right now I have two sort of unproduced full-lengths. One, um, which I mentioned before we were on mic, is is about a podcast, um, and that one's called MLM is for Murder or Your Side Hustle is Killing Us. Um, And so (laughs) that one, that's basically sort of a dark campy um how dare you comedy. say you don't like <laughs> titling and then come up with that title well, that, <laughs> and that's well that's what see like i 
I hate it so much that when I find one that I like, I just hold on to it for dear life. Uh, and so, and don't let go. And so that one, yeah, that one's kind of born from, uh, so I fell down two kind of internet rabbit holes and one was sort of the anti-multi-level marketing um, movement, which if you don't know, that's like pyramid schemes. And um, this one's about um, a very well-known um, leggings brand um, that was very popular on social media a few years ago. And so, um, and also about true crime podcasts. Uh, and so, I, you know, I fell very into, weirdly into like both of those communities online. And so ended up sort of just like smashing them together and writing a play about it. And so that one's, that one's a bit further along. That one's um, been lucky enough to have a couple readings, uh, had a reading here uh, in DC, and then had a workshop production in December in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, uh, at Fifth Wall Productions. And then literally like, Two weeks before this all started, um, I was in St. Pete, Florida um, at American Stage, um, and it was chosen. I had a reading as part of the um, 21st Century Voices New Play Festival. So, um, Congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. So, uh, yeah. So basically just, you know, continuing to kind of shop that one around, um, trying to get it in front of people and further develop it and do rewrites. And then um, a more recent full length that I finished, um, a, a draft of, uh, actually started it before MLM is for murder. MLM is for murder basically popped into my head and I was like, I need to write this now. So I put the other one on hold, came back to it and finished it. Um, and that one's called, uh, Camp Manapia, uh, an alt mask comedy. So, uh, that's basically, and that's my first like pure kind of like slapstick, like comedy, um, as opposed to like a dark campy comedy, but it's basically about teenagers at a masculinity camp. Um, in like the early 2000s, but it is a comedy. Um, so it's basically kind of like taking, you know, and, and so, you know, and so that, that one's a lot newer, um, but that one, um, I, I haven't actually heard that one out loud yet. Um, so I'm, you know, uh, was gonna put together like a living room reading or some kind of reading of that this spring. <laughs> um, so, but which now might turn into um, hopefully, you know, at least a Zoom reading at some point. So, uh, yeah, so just kind of, and then, you know, trying to figure out, you know, my next, you know, the next full length, the next thing, trying to balance the, like, doing submissions and marketing and, you know, and then also trying to come up with some new stuff. So hopefully, um, you know, both of these were actually, uh, both Prometheus Shrugs and Indelible, um, Prometheus Shrugs is, um, is going to be in a festival in Baltimore. It was supposed to be the spring, so not sure when that's going to be. Um, and then Indelible was going to have its first production, um, or is eventually uh, a theater company in Massachusetts. But yeah, so those are both supposed to be in like the May-ish time frame. So um, I think I think both have said they're going to be postponed, not canceled. So hopefully, uh, which that would be great because Prometheus Shrugs has been produced in Dubai um, and in Sydney. Um, and How so, but I haven't actually... <laughs> Uh, there's a festival called uh, Short and Sweet, um, which is like an international festival, and it's based out of Sydney. But they have them; they now have festivals all over the world, um, all over Australia, um, in in Dubai. I think they just started their first one in the UK. They actually have one in LA now. And basically, you you submit a ten minute play once, and it gets considered for all of the festivals around the world. Um, if, you cool. know, if it gets picked. So, yeah. And, it, and it's also been really interesting because I think, you know, the Prometheus Shrugs is the first play I've done where I didn't specify 
basically anything about the characters in terms of like age, race, gender. Like I was like, I left it fully open. And so, which has been really interesting because um, I think the Dubai production um, had three women actors and the Sydney production had three men. Um, So, you know, there's sort of any combination uh, in there, which is really great. And the Sydney one was actually really great because, you know, especially with a 10 minute play, usually they just kind of go up and you're like, I hope that happened. You know, you're not really part of it, but my Sydney director was really great. And she actually, um, like we had a call at the beginning. She, you know, she had notes, she had questions about the script, which was also good because, and this is sort of, I think you have a revised version because I was very concerned about like, if a lot of the mythology references were too esoteric to be funny. (laughs) Um, Sure. And so she actually, you know, she helped me kind of, you know, some we either, took out or like just explained a little more to, to so even if you're not totally familiar then hopefully you could still get it and um and she sent me like a video of the performance so that was like a really great you know I'm not used to really having much of a like development process for a 10 minute play um I feel like it's usually like it's done and then I send it out and it gets chosen or it doesn't so um that that, that but this is actually like a great process I, I truly love in Prometheus Shrugs, the, but this creature causes you like immeasurable pain every day. <laughs> yeah. It's called having a friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, John, what, a, what you know, in true at the table format, we usually ask people about snacks, but, uh, you know, we're all at home cooking a lot of things, eating a lot of things, doing whatever. So the question has become, uh, uh, what is the snack or food uh, that's getting you through the quarantine? We've had everything from popcorn to shepherd's pie. So there are no wrong <sighs> wow. answers. Uh, yeah. So mine for sure is, so I have a friend who... Uh, who actually directed my last full-length play that was done in D.C. He's a great director. Um, he's also a photographer. Um, which Shout out his he, name. Who is this? Uh, Ryan Maxwell. His name What's is. What's up, Ryan Maxwell? Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, basically n- neither, you know, event photography and nor theater directing are really happening too much at the moment. So nope. uh, he, like many people, apparently, according to the internet, decided to play with uh, sourdough starter. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, has essentially turned it into uh, make a business, you know, like a little side business to help me earn some money. Uh, and so cool. he delivers them locally and even, you know, ships. And so basically I put myself on a loaf scription. Um, and so every Thursday morning he brings me six feet away a bowl of sour- fresh sourdough bread. And so what? I have basically sourdough toast and it's just me. So I get a whole loaf of sourdough bread to myself. And so that's basically from like all weekend, I basically just have like sourdough toast that is um, for breakfast or sometimes it's just like all I want for dinner. Um, is Ryan like a couple Maxwell, toast and a cup of tea. to Brooklyn. What I will <laughs> yeah. say is, and he I did, make he's, this... He's like shipped to California. He I will say, himself. I make this joke a lot, but we are 100% going to get that contact info from you. And if any listeners want a sourdough bowl, if they want to support this local business... Ryan Maxwell, we got you. <laughs> yes, it is. It is so great. And so, yeah. And not only is it delicious and but i get to see an actual person every week who's a friend um and it's just you know it's something to look forward to which is um always <laughs> really important right now so yeah uh yes That's... so fresh sourdough bread is getting me through that is a good answer john bavosa <laughs> that is a good answer uh, <laughs> anything anything else on the brain rachel you got anything anything left no i'm just for those of you listening at home ned has looked both as jealous and as just stricken as I have ever seen him uh, on this Zoom call for the last, oh. like, two and a half minutes. He wants that sourdough bowl 
so bad. Um, and we'll so take bad. a picture of his face and we'll put it on the website for those of you who want to see it. Um, <laughs> I got it. Uh, John, thank you so much for being here with us today. Truly, thank you for your plays. Uh, for more information about John, for more information about his plays and all of what he's up to, please head to our website, which Ned will say now. It is chargingmoosemedia.com slash at the table podcast. Someday we'll get it on Rachel's uh, brain. Chargingmoosemedia.com slash tables. Um, uh, <laughs> it's so close. It's so close. I have a lot uh, on my mind right now. Like I have to go eat more grits. It's all very exciting. But uh, in in the interim, uh, in all of this, John, please be well, stay safe and healthy. And um, thank you so, so much for your time and your place. Thank you, John. Same to you. Thank you so much. This was great. You've been listening to At The Table, a play reading series produced by Charging Moose Media. For more information on our playwright, John Bavoso, including photos of his tattoos that comprise his body of work and a link to the Loafscription service, visit our website at chargingmoosemedia.com slash podcast. Link also in the show notes. We are hosted by Rachel Flynn and Ned Donovan. Our artistic director and senior producer is Rachel Flynn. Editor is Ned Donovan. Associate producer is Megan Bagala. Music by Marcus Thorne Bagala. Special thanks to our playwright, John Bavoso. You can find us on social media at At The Table Plays. Please connect with us. See you next time. <laughs>